0: For the city, man.
2: Big, 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 ballin' in Clutch City. The Astros 2017 World Series champion. champion.
0: The Houston Texans select. Clutch, clutch. Deshaun
1: Watson. H-T-I representing. Holy Toledo. Oh, believe oh, The Rockets are world champions for the second year of the world. Clutch City, man, you don't want no problems.
3: Now, Clutch City Sunday. Clutch City Sunday. Sunday. with Michael Conner on
4: Sports Talk 790. Alright, wake your butts up. Let's go. Two hours of Clutch City Sunday here. Michael Conner with you until noon. We normally lead you into Astros baseball on Sunday, but that's later today because they're out on the West Coast. Ryan Money is back in the studio. You can join us this morning at 713 212 212 5790 as we have football to discuss today. We have the Astros from last night to discuss today. We can even mix in a little bit of Rockets from the Summer League to discuss as we start the day. There's a lot on the table, and of course, Having football back last night is at the front of a lot of people's minds. Even if you don't have a full belief that this team is going to be great this season. They go out and they win last night to the Texans, 26-7 in their preseason opener against the Green Bay Packers. The night starting with Tyrod Taylor being out there, playing just the one series, but looked good, 4-4, for 40 yards, um, led them to a field goal. A lot of field goals last night for the Texans. That's one thing that they're going to have to be better at if they want to actually compete in football games this season. They've always been that way. Being in the red zone, not their strength. Four of four last night was Kymie Fairbairn from the uh, honest field goal attempts, which is good. You want to see your kicker go out and do well. Uh, Look, there's not a lot of bad things to say about last night's preseason opener. A lot of guys played well against backups. It's just a fact. Green Bay barely played anybody last night. The Texans didn't play a lot of guys last night. It's You're never going to be able to completely gauge what a team is going to be based off of preseason. We have our preconceived notions of what this football team will be this season based on the roster turnover that they had, based on the fact that they signed a lot of guys that are one-year type of guys. I know that there's a lot of people out there who want to say, well, you just hate this or hate that, or you know, you can't see it. like It's just being realistic. There's living in fantasy land and there's being living in reality. In all likelihood, it's going to be a very bad football team. There's a lot of guys that were available on one-year deals for a reason. They're decent players. They're not great players. Now, look, if they can go out and play a team that's playing nothing but you know backups and stuff uh, in the regular season, then they can win some football games. You know, it's going to be – there's going to be weeks where – it's just like all the – think about all the years as a Texans fan where we went out and we watched them have games in periods of time where, you know, they were – they played really well against bad teams. They got crushed by good teams. It's going to be that. That's probably what it's going to be. But, again, to the positives of last night, Tyrod Taylor looked fine in his four throws that he was out there. The offense at least moved. He connected uh, with Chris Conley quite a bit which we'll hear from him on that in just a bit. Um, you're looking for somebody to step up and do some things in the receiving core because, you know, outside of Brandon Cooks, who does not play, they they don't have a lot of guys that there should be a bunch of confidence in. They have, um, I guess, I, I don't even want to put high, say high expectations for Nico Collins because he's a rookie and he's a third-round pick. But I think that there's some sort of expectation for him. like they, they're hopeful that he can become a solid player. Now these guys also get the unfortunate part of being first being the Texans first pick where they're taking in the third round where some people might be like, oh well, they should be you know they should be really good. It's still a third round pick. It's gonna take a minute. These are projects. The thing that we watched last night that you wanted to see more than anything of course was Davis Mills. Uh, look, I, if you watch a ton of Stanford football, I'd call you a liar because he didn't play a lot at Stanford, and they play late at night. I've done as much watching of Davis Mills as everybody else. It's going back and looking at YouTube clips and looking at as many things on YouTube as you can find. And you could see it last night. Strong arm, stands tall in the pocket, looks pretty good when he's when he's making throws. 11 of 22. Now, he had a lot of balls that were dropped last night, and that gets back to who's going to step up for this receiving core this year and do something and turn into a player. Because if there's one thing that you got to have when you have these kind of, you know, you're, you're going to roll the rookie at some point, we believe, you need to have some consistent pass catchers, and they don't have that on paper. And last night, Davis Mills... I thought it was early in his in his outing. There was a throw on a third down. He chucked it down the field into the end zone. Placed it very well. The the, the the There were two defenders on the receiver. The receiver drops it. If there's competent NFL receivers out there, you're probably getting a touchdown there. Like, he made a lot of good throws. He impressed me more than I was expecting. Was it perfect? Of course not. There's an interception. There's just it's a rookie that you got to have i think you got to temper the expectation level if you have any for him in all likelihood as much as you know some of you might end up liking him he's a third round quarterback the chances of him being the texans long term starter aren't great but at some point this year they're going to have to give him some run as the starter because they need they need that answer now. We'll get into the mess that is to Shahan and the continued stuff of it and, and what's to come as we move along this morning and what happened out there at training camp this week. But they need to find an answer. I have said it before and I will say it until I'm blue in the face. It's nothing against Davis Mills. I would bet a lot of money up again about him not doing it. But again, that's not fair completely to him Given the fact that he didn't play a ton of college football, and he's a rookie on a bad team, he just might not get the opportunity. If the Texans are bad this season, and he's just okay, and they like or they love a quarterback in the first round next year, guess what they're going to do? They're going to take a quarterback, as rightfully so. You have to go and find that if you're if you are a thousand percent in. On that quarterback, but last night I didn't think was horrible. Again, it's just fifty percent completion. There were some throws in there, and I guess the presence that you felt in, in when he's in the pocket was it was encouraging. Now, look, I I don't want to make everything about the Texans, all the off-field drama, all the you know the the management stuff. Like we know it, we are all aware. They've pissed me off as much as anybody else. My level of emotion put into them now compared to years past is a completely different level of emotion. I'm trying to watch the football side of it and talking about the football side of it based off that football side of it. They don't have their long-term quarterback. They 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 have some nice offensive line pieces, we think, I don't know about the running back situation. It really didn't obviously show you much last night because basically it's Philip Lindsay for five carries. Hey, one, one thing that came out of last night, he had one carry, but look at that. Run David Johnson up the middle more. That works. Somebody's got to tell Tim Kelly and, and David Kelly you cannot run David Johnson this year, especially on plays right up the middle. The guy can't get a yard. It's a preseason game. That's that's the that's the number one thing. And Matt Thomas loves it. It's just the preseason. You got to slow the roll on it. It's one of three games that do not count where a lot of teams are not really going to play players. The Texans will play maybe a little bit more than others. We'll see what they do in game 2. Um but there's not there's not too much that you should gain. There's not too much that you should freak out about because again, it's not going to tell you a ton. The the biggest storyline of any in this preseason for the football team is what does Davis Mills look like when he's out there on the field. And again, it's not like he went out there and you know, torched the earth on fire. It's not like he, there were some good throws. There were some bad throws. I felt a little bit better about some things than I was expecting. If there's one thing that he didn't look great maybe on last night, which you definitely have to have, I thought his accuracy at times when he was was throwing on shorter passes kind of sucked. That has to improve because those are your money makers in the league. But down the field he threw the ball a little bit better, which is good. So it's it's just taking and evaluating all those all those little things as as the season moves along. But again, in a preseason game where they're not playing a ton of guys, you're not playing a ton of guys, I just felt like the command of the huddle, the command of the game was there. It existed. And that's a good thing. He's gonna have to work through being a rookie, there's going to be a lot of rookie moments. Uh, we saw him, what, he sacked early in, the, in his first drive or second drive out there. I don't remember which drive it was. He's going to throw some picks. He's going to make stupid throws. But again, I, I thought that there were some, some overall really nice throws that it's like, okay, I mean, you could see why some people do have a high opinion on him, why they think, There may be something there. I won't bet on it. But last night was a positive start compared to, uh, you know, I guess the the thought about this football team going in. 713-212-5790 is the number to join us if you want to. Get in with your thoughts on that Texans 26-7 victory last night in their preseason opener over the Green Bay Packers. When we return, some from David Cully and Tyrod Taylor on that game last night. That's next here on Seven Ninety. Ryan tells me why my mic is hot, almost as hot as the coffee that I just poured. It's Clutch City Sunday here on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Michael Connor here with you could join us at 713-212-5790. The Texans opening the preseason last night. Uh, look, again, it's a it's a football team that I don't think the level of excitement is, is going to be there this season. We're going to spend, in my mind, most of the season looking forward to what they will do in the draft. It just is what it is. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's at best for those that are trying to pump the optimism about it, it's at best a team that's probably going to win seven games, go seven and ten. And in all reality, if you're for the football team getting better, as I am, sooner rather than later, going seven and ten would be a waste of time. A complete waste of time. You would rather be bad and get the higher draft pick. This team has not had first-round picks in a couple of years. They need to have as many high draft picks as they can get and start to really rebuild this thing. Now, this is all about evaluation now for this season with this team that they have and you hope that you find some diamonds in the rough and maybe last night was the first sign of some of them that can be pieces for you moving forward. There's a lot of evaluation obviously that has to go on to figure that out here is David Cully last night we're talking about uh the quarterback play for the Texans and what he saw out of Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills and my computer of course hates me I'm pulling it up I promise you here is David Cully
5: yeah I thought Tyrod managed the game well the the one series that he had uh I, I didn't feel like that we finished that drive. Uh, we had a third and two down there, and then we ended up having to kick the ball, which we, we, we can't get field goals down in that situation. We got to have touchdowns in that particular situation. Other than not being able to give us a score there with a touchdown, I thought he did exactly what we wanted him to do during that series. Uh, Davis, uh, again, as I've said before, with him, something bad happens. He comes back, he's got that next play mentality. Uh, I think he held up very well uh, from the start to the finish uh, when he was in there. He did things that that we were trying to get him to do. And uh, when things weren't right, the positive thing about him is is that he just comes back and those things don't bother him.
4: That's a good thing if those things aren't bothering him. And David Culley mentioned the most important thing here, and we talked about it a little bit there in the first segment. They kicked four field goals last night. And if there's one thing, now look. When Bill O'Brien left last season and the reins were truly handed over to Tim Kelly, we saw the offense open up and from basically between the 20s be way more interesting. Now, look, a lot of it had to do with the guy playing quarterback having one of the best seasons we've seen a quarterback have running the football and throwing the football. He was incredible. But it was like they got down to that red zone that just couldn't do anything. And if they have any thought of being successful this season and Tim Kelly wants to take his next leap, of course, as an offensive coordinator... He's going to have to find a way. They will have to find a way to get their team into the end zone more often than not. Instead of kicking field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal. Because last season it was bad. It started off last night as something that clearly is not good. Still, now look again. They didn't play all of their all of their regulars. Not having Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, they their tight end group we think is going to be solid, like it has been throughout the years. They didn't play all their running backs. Even if I don't have a lot of faith in the running backs, they didn't play their running backs. So having a complete gauge on how they'll be in the red zone is not possible. We can only go off, though, what we have in the one game. In the one game last night in the red zone, they just weren't good. And that's a huge difference between good and bad football teams, clearly, is that you're not good in the red zone. Now, look, it's just who Tyrod Taylor is. He's a a solid, average quarterback. He's not going to do anything too spe- spectacular. He's not going to do anything that's too terrible It's going to cost you a bunch of football games. So him getting them to the red zone is probably going to be a thing. What's going to have to happen is going to have to be that the running backs become a real legit threat and are really good down there in the red zone because Tyrod's probably not going to throw a bunch of touchdowns down there. And again, too, they don't they don't really have a lot of personnel. You know, they're tied in group. has got guys in it that you think you could trust to do those kind of things. But it's also a group that's just, um, you know, doesn't have that go-to receiver, I should say, down in the red zone. Brandon Cook's not a big guy. You could utilize him on some sort of things you'd hope to to get him open. You know, Nico Collins is a rookie. There's going to be growing pains there, just like there is at Davis Mills. So, Having any sort of idea of what they could look like down there in the red zone is is just it's unrealistic. Hopefully they're better than they were last season. But again, last night was not a start that inspired you in terms of red zone play. More from David Cully. One thing that I have noticed he said, and I think some people have noticed as well, and look, there's a lot of football teams that have this issue early in camps and early in preseasons but consistency in his mind an issue last night
5: well i, I didn't feel like the consistency was there that we're going to need to have to be what we need to be uh but that's why we have these games that's why we do what we do here now and i, I feel like that we, we've been this way all training camp you know when we, we we've had a lack of consistency at times and we had a lack of consistency at night at times but uh we we'll, we'll go review the film tomorrow and look at it and correct those mistakes and keep trying to get better which is what we've been trying to do during training camp and i've seen us do that
4: now here's the important well, I, thing of what david culley said in there and if you caught it or if you didn't catch it to me this is the very this is the most important part of what he just said about consistency i, I
5: feel like that we we've been this way all training camp you know when we we've we've had a lack of consistency at times and we had a lack of consistency at night at times
4: All of camp, there's been a lack of consistency. And again, this is where I'm trying to find reality to the situation. How much of it is lack of consistency based on these guys learning new systems or whatever, I don't know. I can't be inside their heads. But what do bad football teams typically have? Lack of consistency. What did a bad football team last year in this city have? Massive lack of consistency. So if this has been a, a roster that's been completely overhauled, like 50 players that weren't here last year, it's different. But if this trend has continued with a lack of consistency, and it's a problem in camp, and it was a problem last night, and if that trend continues through the other two preseason games, I think you have to set yourself up in your mind for, look, This team is not going to be good, because if you're a good team, you don't have lacks of consistency. You have brief moments, but you don't consistently have a lack of consistency. And clearly, it's on the mind of the head coach, and we're one preseason game in. I don't like that. You shouldn't like that. And you can see it. Whether it's getting off the field on a third down, they had some issues with that last night, specifically the Long, third and long situations. They can't be that bad. They were horrific at that last season. Last night they had the problems with it as well. But again, this is a game that you actually won last night. You did a lot of really good things. This is also a coach trying to make sure that his players hear where they think the issues are. They're trying to coach them to get to that spot where they're not having those issues. So there's a little bit of a game to it for David Coley and I completely get it at the uh, just having to, to have that thought that there's a lack in consistency and it bugs you I don't love and I don't think I will ever love it and I'm not expecting to love it clearly it it tends to lean lead towards bad football so hopefully they clean that up. And they figure that out. More from David Culley. the defense. We got the first look at the Lovey Smith four-three defense last night. His thoughts on how the defense played.
5: Well, I think overall defensively, I think they played team defense tonight. And you know, this defense, uh, with Lovey's defense, is built on basically creating turnovers, getting turnovers. We were able to get a few of those tonight. Uh, was close to getting a few more. Uh, and. Uh, Basically, the thing there is is that we we, we got to make sure we had a couple of third and longs tonight that um, I know Levy wasn't happy with, we weren't happy with, that we've got to get them off the field in third and longs, and we didn't do a good job of doing that. Uh, other than that, I thought they played really good team defense.
4: And there was a lot of really good moments, clearly, defensively last night because they were able to go out there. and backups or not, hold that team off the scoreboard other than the one touchdown that Jordan Love threw. There was a little bit more pressure at times than I think I was expecting. Now, how that looks when they get, they had two sacks last night, but how that looks when they get to a regular season and play real games, I don't know. I'm hopeful, like everybody else, that it continues because there's been one thing that's been massively lacking over the last couple of seasons, and it's a consistent amount of pressure. If they want to have a defense where he talked about creating turnovers and everything like they do, what you have to do to get, in large part, get those turnovers is to be a team that gets pressure consistently. And it's something that, there were some brief moments last night of looking at it and saying, there's more there, clearly, than there was last season. Now, when it comes to looking at personnel, we all know that
3: Plus. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
4: It's not the best personnel out there on paper to succeed in a long season in terms of pass rush. But last night was better than expected defensively. And, again, you listen to the players talking after the game. They like to play in the defense is what they tell you. But, I mean, who's not going gonna to go up there and say, no, I hate playing in this defense? Every player is going to say that about their defense. But you still have to go out there and take care of business, and they did that last night. So props to them for doing that. They had to continue to be that. 713-212-5790. More on the quarterback situation. We'll hear from Tyrod Taylor next here on a Clutch City Sunday. This is Eric Gordon. Got
6: a pullback. Three hit Eric Gordon on fire here.
3: Sports Talk 790 is your home yes! for Houston Rockets basketball. Yes.
4: Yes, you can. You can kick it with us this morning on Clutch City Sunday. I just had to wait for it. Michael Connor here with you. Ryan Money's in the studio. You can join us at 713 212 579 if you want to live react to the Tottenham Hotspur versus Man City. It's starting right now. We're not going to break down the Premier League, but the Premier League's back this weekend, and I've watched a lot of games, and it's been kind of nice. I've gotten more into it. The like We were talking about it during the break. I've gotten more into it the last couple of years, and it's been back, and the stadiums have been full, and they're crazy. Like this stadium right now for Tottenham and, and Man City is just packed, and it is loud and nuts, and it's awesome. And we're about to get that back for football, which is nice, which we had last night uh, with the Texans up in Green Bay. Beating the Packers. Suck it, Green Bay. You're, you're heading down, down fast. The Texans also knocked out Jordan Love. He got hurt at one point, or got hurt and left the game, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, but it's a preseason game. I'm going back, and during the breaks, I'm kind of watching some of the throws that Davis Mills made last night. And there, again, there were some really good ones, some balls that were dropped by receivers. There were some really bad ones. Um, there was the one at the end of the first half where they're down their third and goal, and, again, this gets back to the short accuracy stuff. And it's crazy to think that a guy that, you know, plays in college you – Now, look, Stanford runs more of a pro style, but there's still a little bit more of the air raid elements to all of offenses now. Guys should have, you would think, great short accuracy. And his short, short pass accuracy last night just wasn't good enough for what it needs to be, just plain and simple. Um, that's why, he, in part, he was 11 of 22 throwing the football. But, again, I can't sit here and, and try and get too nitpicky because he is a third-round rookie. It's going to take time. And, he and look, inf- unfortunately for him in this league, unless the Texans are, like, dead set that this is our guy, he's probably not going to get a ton of time overall. I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. The NFL, the, the, the saying has always been, not for long – Again, if the team isn't good this season, are they going to sit around and say, yeah, Davis Mills is still our guy, but if he's part of the reason why they're not very good, then why would a team typically do that? Why have, they would? You would think that they would go out and um, get themselves a quarterback in the first round to set the franchise up. And we'll get into the Deshaun Watson aspect of this, of course, in just a few moments, uh, because it was, I mean, it was just... It was a bad week, and it was a. It's a week that's just not fun, and we're. Well, again, we'll talk about it here in a moment. But Tyrod Taylor last night, he's the starter. He's the Texans' starting quarterback this season. It's it's going to be. Yeah, I don't want to, It's going to be better than like the Fitzpatrick days, probably, but not by much. It'll definitely be better than Brian Hoyer, but not by a lot. He's in that type of. He's in that space that those kind of guys are in, but I think that he's better than most of those guys. He's just—he's a back half of the league in terms of your starters type of quarterback. he probably land somewhere between 25 and 32 if you're rating the starting quarterbacks in the league. The one thing that he's not going to do is he's not going to go turn the ball over and do something stupid. Last night, 4-4 four four for 40 yards, leading the team to a field goal um, on his one drive out there. He Here he is with his thoughts on his performance last night. And again, I love my computer some days. When it This is live radio its fine. Sometimes your computer just loves you. Tyrod Taylor, honest performance.
2: I think it was productive. Um, we were able to make some plays, move the ball down the field. Obviously, you want to finish on a touchdown, um, but anytime you get points, you um, can never be mad about that. It's just something to clean up on that third down and clean up, like I said, move forward.
4: He's right. Now, look, overall for them, and again, this is what we do as fans – we go to all the big picture stuff. They're not worried about that. They're worried about in the moment winning football games, as they should be. It's their career. As long as they're putting up points for the most part in these situations, everything is going to be good. Now, if you're kicking four field goals a game and not getting any touchdowns, then that's going to be bad. But they have to just go out there more than anything and score points. And they did that Last night when Tyrod was out there, and he'll give you a lot of that this season. He did look and has looked apparently, and everything. I don't get to go go to training camp practices because we're on the air in the morning when they're happening. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't know if I'd go anymore. I used to go to them all the time. It's very hot, and if the team was really good, maybe I'd go. And maybe that's just on me. <laughs> but it's they're just there. After a while, you get tired of him and but look he's apparently looked comfortable in the offense he spoke on how comfortable he felt out there last night
2: uh comfortable in in the offense um TK does a great job of uh, of calling it to to the players strengths and allowing us to go out and, and execute um, at a high level obviously at the end of the day it's up to us to, uh, to execute and uh, we did a good job of doing that
4: they did do a good job of doing that last uh, night when he was out there again four 4 40 yards and the guy that he really targeted more than anybody else is chris conley this is a team again that has to have people step up and be key pieces in terms of the receiving core because it's lost so much over the last few years will fuller's now gone he's in miami of course he got himself suspended last year so can't blame them for moving on from that because he was stupid enough to go and do that uh taking whatever the hell it was he took to try and get healthy and trust me, he did it. He knew what he was doing, and he got caught like an idiot. Um, but this is, again, this is a, this is a receiving core that takes Nico Collins out of Michigan. They have Brandon Cooks. Kiki QT still around. He made some catches last night. He's got a big chance, especially with uh, Anthony Miller going down last night, which, by the way, shoulder dislocation for him. Who knows how long he'll be out, but, man, that's rough when you get traded over here. And a you know, good shot for you to be a, a key contributor and play a bunch. But now it's it's back to the Kiki QT type of world uh, for the Texans football team. So he's going to have to step up, and he should be on the team is what you think now for sure. But uh, Chris Conley, like I mentioned, Tyrod Taylor with a, a good night connecting with him. Here he is on the connection that he made with him last night, and how these two are comfortable with each other.
2: I trust uh, Conley on the field. We spent a lot of time this offseason. We actually live in the same uh, neighborhood. Uh, Got some. Got some. Time to uh, to spend together this past offseason, as well as just throughout practice. And um, he went out there, made some plays. I uh, made some contested catches. Uh, he's a big target, so you put it around him. A strong receiver, strong hands. If you put it around him. Um, more than likely, he's going to come down with the catch. So um, impressed by him. He got to continue to keep competing and continue to keep making plays, and it'll definitely help our offense moving forward.
4: That will definitely help, like he mentioned. He's. He's gonna make the football team. That's just what's going to happen. And they, they need him to to be that kind of player. And as long as Tyrod Taylor's out there and they have that connection, you know, that he'll probably be king on him. This is a guy that's been around for a while. Never been a, a big, you know, huge numbers guy. I think his career high, let's see what's his career high for yards, is seven seventy five back in twenty nineteen. So solid player. Solid player. And you got a good glimpse of that last night. If he's going to be the guy that steps up, that's a that's a good thing for the Texans to go out and to have guys that are capable and trustworthy of that type of usage. Uh, final one from Tyrod Taylor. He had some thoughts uh, as well uh, when asked about how Davis Mills looked like looked looked out there last night. Of course, Davis Mills is kind of who he's mentoring now at this point. Um, it's that's basically what Tyrod Taylor's career has become.
2: I think he went out there and competed. Um, uh, He went out there, he made some plays um, in the passing game, uh, got guys in the right spots in the running game as well too, Um, something to build from. Um, It's always ways to improve, and we'll find those ways to to correct and improve as a group. He will individually, I will individually, uh, and as well as uh, Jeff uh, once we watch the tape and put it behind us and move forward to the next one.
4: He mentioned Jeff there at the end. And, like, towards the end of that game, it's easy to tune out. I switched my focus to Astros because it was a fun game that was going on. I did have it up on my computer. But the few things you saw from Jeff Driscoll when he's out there, he's not good. But what did you expect for a guy that if the Texans had legit four quarterbacks, he'd be the fourth quarterback. He's a camp arm. That's it. And he won't be here. And if they keep a third quarterback and they keep him, well, then they're just wasting time and money. That's just as simple as it gets because they don't need to do that. Like He didn't throw the ball a bunch last night, but still. You could see why he's just not very – and how bad must Ryan Finley be if they let – and Driscoll, by the way, was what, one of six for two yards? Not very good. Um, But how bad is Ryan Finley? The guy that they traded for What pick swaps, basically. Ryan Finley was Cincinnati um and then they let him go and keep Jeff Driscoll and you see what Driscoll does out there is just look absolutely awful last night and not a ton of reason for um confidence in what he's going to be at all. I mean I shouldn't even say confidence he's not going to be on the football team it's just simple as that it's going to be Tyrod Taylor it's going to be Davis Mills and the question to me will always be how far into the season do we get before we see Davis Mills? He's not going to go out there and win the starting quarterback. I mean, it's not a true competition, but based off the first game, he's not going to show us any reason to say, oh, man, you got to play this guy right now as a rookie. He's ready to go. is our phone number to join us. Top of the hour, we'll talk about the Astros, that game last night. The big moment for a young guy and the importance of him doing that. Um, But in the next segment, we will discuss the week that was a training camp because Deshaun Watson opened his mouth and what that means and where this thing is going. And then the stories that have come out about, well, not only Deshaun and the uh, massages since, and the news that a potential uh, criminal case is coming. We'll discuss it next here on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Running back number twenty nine, Eric Dickerson. Hi, this is Eric
2: Dickerson. You're listening to Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Real Texans talk here. What you
4: gonna do? do you wanna get out? Or what you gonna do? You wanna get out? City Sunday on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor here with you. 713-212-5790 is our phone number. Been talking about the Texans preseason opener last night. We will get into the Astros. Uh, big win again last night over the Los Angeles Angels. Offense starting to click here at the top of the hour so. You're looking for your Astros. We'll talk your Astros here in just a few minutes. But uh, just getting through the football stuff right now. We'll get back to a little bit of the football stuff before the end of the show as well. But uh, we've talked about the game and the things that you know you like. The things that you know still are looking like the team from last year. And even if it's a, if it's a different uh, you know coaching staff, different players, everything. There's still some things that have lingered. The one thing that's lingered through camp, of course, has been the Deshaun Watson situation and the discussion around it. And a lot of people have pointed this out over the last week, and it's pretty incredible. And it was in the SI. Uh, if you've not read the Sports Illustrated piece that came out on Friday, I would highly suggest you go do it. It's a tough read. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you on that one. Uh, the two women that... Publicly put their names out there and, and spoke out at the press conference with Tony Busby, uh, who have lawsuits against Deshaun. Uh, they they spoke more at length with Sports Illustrated about their about their encounters with Deshaun Watson. And um, it, again, it's just a tough read overall. So that came out Friday, and it it mentions it in the in the discussion. There is like the it's it's part of me that's. I've hated having to talk about the football side of it at all based on, on this part because these women, you know, they've –
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They've gone through something. Again, these are allegations still. There's a civil suit. There's criminal complaints that are being investigated uh, as well, and we'll see what happens from those. But it sounds like we're heading down a road towards um, some sort of criminal um, charges for Deshaun Watson as well. And you look at the coverage specifically on the national side of it with the NFL's uh, media arm, which is the NFL network, and there's no mention of it. There, there's no discussion of it na- on the national picture for the most part of the legal situation with him. It's all about, oh, well, what can the Texans do to get – what can the Texans get for him here? What, what's what's his value? Well, what's When's a trade going to happen? Is he going to play? It's kind of been brushed to the side that there are some serious allegations against this man that are, if true, horrible. Absolutely horrible. And if you go read the details, again, in the Sports Illustrated piece that was out uh, on Friday, and I'm not going to go read those on the air because, again, it talks about, you know, Deshaun. I'll just tell you this. He forced, forced his penis onto women, whether it's in their hands or getting them to – trying to get them to do more. Just gross stuff, stuff that men shouldn't do to women especially when you've hired them for a professional service. And it talks about, and there's apparently screenshots about how he, he made sure on one of them to say that I'm not looking for anything sexual, I just want a professional massage. And then he turns it into doing nothing but looking for something sexual. The guy's a, a, a creep. There's no other way to put it. And the diehards the diehards, and I know that there's a lot of you out there that, that listen to the station, that listen to Sports Talk in general, and... There's been too, To me, there's too many people that, that really want to root for this guy again. And I don't get it. I, look, life is about second chances for a lot of people. Here, I, I live in the mindset for me that don't screw up the first time. Again, I can sit here and say all that comfortably as a, as, as a person because I am comfortable with what I've got in my closet, which is nothing. Truly. I'm not just telling you that to tell you that. Like, I wouldn't come up and say these things if that wasn't the case because the last thing you want to do is look like an idiot like Deshaun Watson looks like but the the amount of people that have openly and, and loudly made it clear that they just that they want him back and they it's to me it's it's gotten kind of, to it's kind of gross I love football as much as anybody else and I can compartmentalize football when we're on the field or sports when we're on the field cuz that's what we go to to watch but this isn't this is a humanity thing at this point. This is just my opinion on him. He's a scumbag. He's fake. Everything about him was a lie. Good people don't do this to other people. He's a piece of you know what in my opinion. And that's why and look again the big picture thing of the Texans, I'm still mad at the Texans for the way they handled it with him. They made promises that they couldn't keep and shouldn't have ever made in the first place, but that doesn't absolve him of anything. And I am at the stage where I do want to see him gone because I don't want to watch him. Re- like, I think about, like me, is a, I'm a 30-year-old man. Hopefully in the next few years we start our own family. I remember being a kid, like everybody else, and you grow up watching sports, and you grow up idolizing athletes. I don't want to be in a spot for me as a potential future father one day to have kids that want to watch football and love football and want Texans jerseys, and they go, Dad, I wanted the Deshaun Watson jersey. I wouldn't want that. I know what he did to women based on the allegations. So I want him gone. So I get the whole, well, look look at the coverage of it. It's, it's gross. It is. There's not going to be any resolution to this anytime soon. And this is a guy this week at camp, if you missed it, walking out to the field, like happens every single day when players are walking out there, the media is standing there filming them. And he pops off. Why are y'all filming me? It's the same bleep every day. This is a guy that lacks self awareness. Period. Who doesn't take the situation seriously, clearly. This is a guy that thinks he's gonna get his way no matter what. And that speaks goes back and, and it it becomes evident to me, it speaks to the whole situation that yes, that's that's who this guy is. He thought he gets whatever he wants, that's why he acted this way towards women and did the things he did. It's gross. But even in a spot where he is in no no spot in terms of leverage for conversations, to be able to dictate, he has he has no he has no power here. And he's acting that way. I mean, just absolutely stupid 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 and I can't believe that a person can lack that kind of self-awareness when you're walking down or out there knowing that they're going to feel and know what there you again you love the cameras when they're there for you don't you Deshaun they were they've been there for you forever when, you're, when things are going well for you, you sure are happy that those cameras in there. You'll be the first to smile and say whatever. Love the attention when it's good, but my God. Why are they filming you? I don't know, idiot. You got 22 civil cases against you, criminal complaints being filed and investigated. Sounds like we're on our way to a criminal investigation. I wonder why they're filming you, dummy. If I was his representation, I would have lit him up Friday or Thursday, whenever that was, after after that practice. You should not be speaking at all to anyone. You should do what you've done every single day before that. You keep your head down, and you walk by those people for 10 seconds. And again, this gets back to the lack of self-awareness. This gets back to more than anything, I think he is getting horrific advice. He has horrible people in his ear. And I don't know why I even care about it at this point, to be perfectly honest with you. I shouldn't. He has an agent in David Muguleta, who you hear stories about. He's an arrogant P-word. People in that business don't like him. He's out to get people. He's out to do, like... He's being bugged in the ear, and he's listening to this guy that's just clueless. And look, that's on Deshaun. He's the only one that can own that. He's the only one that one day is probably going to look back on the situation and say, you know what, I shouldn't have listened to that idiot. Because that's what his agent is, is an idiot. That's what the people that are representing him and doing the things that are feeding him, feeding his, his head with the BS are. They're all idiots. And I would tell them that to their face. The Texans might have did what they did to piss you off and to push you out of here, but you are in no place at all to act like a clown and make things worse. And I'm sure he wants to speed up this process as much as possible. I will stand up and continue to clap for Nick Casario and what he's done so far, which is not do anything. He, they don't owe him anything. Nothing anymore. They owed him an apology, and if they still wanted to apologize for it, they could, but they don't even owe him that at this point. They owe him nothing, and they cannot and should not move him until it is right for them on what they'll get back because they have to operate in a business standpoint of football. They don't worry about the PR that the other teams have to take. They only have to worry about the football side of it. They trade him In football terms, they lose. And they've not budged. And that gives me faith in Nick Casario as a GM. It does.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
4: And I'm not going to lie, part of me secretly loves that not even secretly. Part of me loves that he's having to sit there and be miserable every day and walk into that building. This person doesn't deserve to get whatever he wants. There's too much smoke for me to not believe that there's fire, that he's just a bad dude. And yeah, the day that he's gone, the headache will be nice to to, to not have anymore. But buyer, beware about the leader that you're getting because clearly the leader, it's all a fake. It's all a false front. 713 212 5790 is our phone number to join us here on a Clutch City Sunday. Top of the hour when we return. Big night last night for the Houston Astros. A rookie stepping up. We'll discuss it next here on 790. It's, what it's city, man.
2: Big, 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 ball in Clutch City. The Astros
4: 2017
1: World Series Champion. Yeah, the Houston Texans select Deshaun Watson H-Tire representing your... Holy Toledo oh, The Rockets are world champions for the second year of the row. Clutch City, man, you don't want no problems
6: Now
3: Clutch City Sunday Clutch City Sunday Sunday, Sunday. With Michael Conner Clutch City Sunday On Sports Talk 790
4: Second and final hour of Clutch City Sunday here on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor back here with you. You can join us at 713-212-5790. I'll get to some of you that are on hold here in just a bit uh, because it's time to start talking about your Houston Astros last night. Luis Garcia was out there on the mound. The Astros were looking for... Uh, a series win over the Angels. that are taking the Friday night game 4-1 to one, thanks to the Kyle Tucker Grand Slam. Kyle Tucker, of course, yesterday placed on the injured list with the health and safety protocols. Um, not sure how long that will take. This is the second time this year he's been on that list for that reason. So, again, we'll see. Exactly what happens, but today they're back in action uh, 307 first pitch Lance McCuller is going to look to uh, Guide the Strohs to the series sweep the Astros now 70 and 46 on the season two and a half game lead in the division over the A's um, The A's did win last night um, Their schedules about to get very difficult is Oakland's the Astros is in a stretch where it looks like a bunch of winnable games Astros off to uh, Kansas City after this which will be a series that you think you should win it's so all I to go out there and do that, but they went and did their thing that they needed to do last night. Luis Garcia had some moments uh, that didn't look great, but didn't look awful. He was overall okay last night to get that victory, and it was paced more than anything uh, by the youngster. Now with um, Kyle Tucker placed on that injured list, Jake Myers was called up after the, cha- uh, the Miles Straw trade. Chaz McCormick's been getting all the playing time in center field because, well, he's been good, and he's deserving of it. Um Jake Myers was not a massive prospect. He's a little bit older of a prospect, but has tapped into something in his swing. They've shortened it up in the last couple of years to where he's found a lot of power. He's having a monster, monster year for Sugar Land, but Dusty Baker has been pretty clear that not going to play uh, rookie in the middle of a pennant race. And, I, I look, I think that's what a lot of people don't get is that it's tough for managers when you're in the middle of these races to go play a guy who's never played at the big league level every single day, even if your team's really good and you can sustain it. Uh, it it's tough for those guys to have that trust to do it. But uh, Jake Myers, last night's seventh game, and man, oh, man, did he make his presence felt, first of all, pulling off the first of his career in the third inning.
0: Here's the O one. one Pops this one up. Center field. Going back on it is Marsh. He's on the warning track. Now he leaps, and it's over the wall. And it looked like it hit above the yellow line. Myers cruises into third, and I think that's a homer. It looked like it hit a couple of feet above the yellow line, and they're going to take a look, and now they're going to say home run. So Myers goes deep for the first time as a major leaguer, and it's 2-1. to
4: That feeling had to be pretty good. Uh, for Jake Myers doing that, he, um, he had, since they've changed the, the, the fence out there in Anaheim a few years ago, that wall where he hit it over in right field used to be tall, and they've lowered it, but it's weird because they've lowered it and it's still got the scoreboard above it, which used to be in play, and sometimes you just can't tell. They need to do something about fixing that, but what a moment, great moment for him, and it was just, you know – one of the moments of the night The next one was the big one uh, This was in the sixth inning The Astros loading up the bases With nobody out And Jake Myers was back at the plate
6: Owen won the count to Myers Pitched by Guerra And Myers hits it in the air to right Fairly deep It sends back Eaton At the wall Looking up Grand slam Jake Myers
1: Two home runs His first two in the big leagues Coming tonight
2: Including a granny and the Astros lead it, 8-2. to two. How about the kid from Omaha?
4: Hey, I mean, have yourself a night to remember. What a ball game for Jake Myers, driving in five of the Astros' eight runs last night, the two home runs. I mean, just awesome stuff. I don't know how much run he's going to get consistently, but right now with Kyle Tucker out, he's going to get some play. And talk about first impressions being good right there, that you're taking advantage of it. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. There's something there that they've tapped into. You don't have the season that he was having at Sugar Land without there being some sort of, of talent there. Now, it's about doing it at the big league level and sustaining it, which is difficult against big league pitching compared to Triple A pitching. So, you know, how he'll do that as the league figures him out it will be interesting. But, man, oh, man, what a freaking night for Jake Myers. Uh, after the ball game last night, as I'll pull it back up here, he spoke to the media, which was way late at night. That's the thing that does suck when these – I mean, it was good last night because we had the Texans game on, obviously. But, you know, having it late night, you miss a lot of the situa- – you miss some of the stuff if you decide to go to bed earlier. But uh, he talked about more than anything – or you should say the big night that he had out there at the plate with the two home runs.
0: Um I was just excited to hear. I got to third base, and uh, Omar was was telling me that's a homer, that's a that's a home run, and because I kind of just put my head down and started to run, that's when I saw it bounce off, bounce off the wall, and so I, I was happy when I heard that, and happy I got to touch home, um, and then and then the grand slam on top of it was just was just really cool.
6: You have two huge mementos in those baseballs.
3: Have you given some thought to where you, what you're going to do with them?
0: I'm not quite sure uh, I'm not I'm not sure yet
3: what was it like when you got in the dugout after both of them
0: uh, a lot of a lot of uh, happy faces um, support it was really cool to see everybody uh, you know that happy for me and for the team because uh kind of got got everything going a little bit um, uh, everybody in the lineup just, just went really well today
4: that was Jake Myers last night after the Big night that he drove in five of the Astros' eight runs. Um, exciting night. Fun to watch him do that. Dusty Baker also uh, on the night that Jake Myers had last night.
1: Just a matter of time when, you know, he was going to, you know, you know, figure it out. And, uh, you know, he had a great night. I mean, he got us on the board in his first solo home run. and Then he really got us on the board with that grand slam. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's a – He's a fine young man. I mean, he listens and he learns rather quickly. And, uh, you know, his future is bright and we will take anything that he can give us.
4: Yeah, absolutely will. And hopefully he continues to produce at a good level and can force them into playing him. One of the things that's... You know, interesting with this Astros team, and look, I, I tweeted about it the other day. I said, oh, you could send Jake Myers down or whatever because he's not doing anything here, and of course he comes out and does that. And I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm glad he's going to do that. Um, the team, and like, he's got the ability to give them some some breathers in the outfield, which they need. The team is a two-and-a-half game lead over Oakland. A good lead. I, I say a good lead. A, a lead, you, you know, it was up to six games or whatever, just a few weeks ago. So you'd prefer to get back to there before you play Oakland. Six of the final nine games of the regular season, and in that nine-game stretch to end the regular season, it's tough. You go know, Oakland, Tampa, Oakland. It's it's going to be. I think for the first time since basically 2015, when the Astros got to the wild card, we're going to sweat it out a little bit in terms of where they're going to. They're going to be in the postseason, but. Uh, we're gonna have to to just kind of ride the the wave of emotion with it. We're gonna make it's gonna make us a little uncomfortable because the last thing you want to see them do is be a wild card team. You just don't want to be in that situation where you're playing one game because there's no telling what happens in one game in baseball. Um, but they need a lot of honestly rest for their key contributors, their starters that they can get down the stretch, but. You know, Marvin Gonzalez about to be let go by the Red Sox. He's not been good this season. I said that the Astros could bring him back. I, I'm, I'm looking at the Astros for the for the home stretch of the regular season and saying the infield: Correa, Altuve, Yuli. They need as many days off their feet as they can get, and that's why I brought up. Um, Marvin Gonzalez the other day. I know that they have Jacob Wilson that they picked up. He's barely played in the big leagues. I just don't – you know, I, I don't know. I think sh- I think rest is going to be massively important for this club in those last couple of weeks of September because look at the schedule now. They had a couple of days off uh, this past week, which are great. You know, they'll help you re- recharge the batteries a little bit and – Help these guys, but right now they're having to play Alledmus Diaz every single day at third base because Alex Bregman continues to be out. And Bregman tweeted about it last night. There's a lot of quadriceps, um, a lot of quadriceps experts on Twitter. And look, I get it. We're not, we don't, we're not in his body. We don't know. I'm just looking at it from the picture of the outside. And I tweeted about it last night too. From the outside looking in, there appears to be more to the Alex Bregman injury situation than we've been told. Just is what it is. I hope there's not more to it. I hope he's truly okay. And he's going to be back sooner rather than later. All we can do is go off of the facts of what we know. He had the 20-day window for a rehab assignment. And look, at the plate... He did not perform. I think he had like two hits. He was off for an extended period of time. Getting timing back and stuff is difficult. It's not easy. So, I cut him that slack. It's going to take some time. But they pulled him off of the rehab assignment. What we found out was earlier than they had to. They said that it was about... The window being done. He still actually had five days left on the window. Meanwhile, he did get pulled from the... um, When he was on that rehab stint during one of the games. And then he sat out because the, the hamstring got tight. But... They pull him back when there's still five days left on it. Say that it's about timing, that he'll go back out on Friday... And so far, he's not gone back out and played for the Sugarland Skeeters. So I understand his standpoint. If you're on Twitter and you see people having comments or whatever, that you probably get mad. But look, we can only go based off of what we know. And from the look of what we have, it does not appear that we're being given the full picture on things. It just doesn't. I hope I'm wrong on that. I think we all hope that we're wrong on that. We want to see him back playing, but we're getting to that stage where, and look, I I had to go pull up Sugarland if they're with their, with their time or what if they're playing today. I'm sure they are. What time it's at? But Bregman's out doing stuff at HEB's across town today, so I don't think he's going to play again today for Sugarland. I have, as we all should, we have legit concern that he's going to be healthy this season and be able to play a bunch. But they got to find a way with him and with Oledmus Diaz having to play every day just to get some guys some rest. They can't wear everybody out. And thank God Oledmus Diaz came back, by the way. I mean, that guy, since he's been back, has been awesome. So Awesome. Having his bat has been is so important because they went through a stretch, think about that, where they were playing Robel Garcia every day, basically. And Abraham Toro before he went to for the Seattle Mariners. You still would love to have Abraham Toro here, but you can't because you had to make that trade for Kendall Graven, a trade that you'd make a million times over. And by the way, Kendall Graham finally gave up a run as an Astro the other night. But my goodness, since they remade that bullpen at the deadline, it has been, it's a complete flip of the script. That bullpen is lethal now. That bullpen is October ready. That thing is going to be a weapon when no matter who they go up against because they have guys that can blow it by people and also have stuff. But, again, watching the the club as of late and again, they've got a schedule in this month that's definitely easier. They're going to Kansas City now for four, home for Seattle for three, home for Kansas City for three, at the Rangers for three, and then they close out the month in Seattle. And then the month of September, it's not that bad either. They're at San Diego, which I think we vault San Diego up a little bit more than what they probably are. But the, the thing that concerns you about the month of September, there's only three days off. That's it. Three. The season ends October 3rd. There's the 2nd, the 9th, and then they don't have another day off until the 27th. In managing the rest and going and winning your division, it's going to be difficult. And they need, to me another guy that can play on the infield to help them get through this stretch. I don't know if they have it in the organization. We will see what they do. 713-2125-790 is the number to join us here on a Clutch City Sunday. More on the Astros that schedule ahead In uh, the starting pitching as of late. We discuss next here on 790.
0: Alex Bregman here. Get 790. And Bregman drives it pretty deep to left field. Get your Strohs on the
3: radio. Back the wall, looking up, and that ball is gone! Goal!
4: Fletch City Sunday here on Sports Talk 790. I feel like I should. I'm in the episode of The Office now. Where, what is it, the, the wedding one? They're walking down the aisle to that song. It's a good episode. It's, a good, it's a, just a good show, The Office. But it's back to, um, and by the way, speaking of shows to watch, I'm watching um, soccer this morning. It's on TV. The uh, Premier League is back for those of you that care. Everton won yesterday. Suck it to everybody else. Uh, that's the club that I care about. Um, Ted Lasso, Ryan, have you watched Ted Lasso yet?
0: No, I haven't had a chance.
4: Oh, you gotta do it, man. So you gotta have Apple TV. That's the one thing. Like, I think we're still on our, our free trial of Apple TV. So it's like six months or a year or something. Um, it's awesome. new episodes come out every Friday and we watch the new episode For this week, yesterday, it's just a great show. It's hilarious, it's well-written, and the star of the show is Roy Kent. I'm Roy Kent! He's this just angry English, now former soccer player, and he's just hilarious.
0: I've heard nothing but good things, and I think I have access to somebody's Apple, but what season are they on now?
4: This is season two, and they're like four episodes into season two, I think.
3: Okay, good, so I'm not too far behind.
4: No, and they're only 30-minute episodes, so they don't take – or 30 to 35, basically. They don't take very long to get through. Like, when we watched – we didn't watch season one when they – I don't – I'm not a big fan of doing shows now like they used to, you know, on TV, where it would be at once a week. I love the ability to just binge them. When we watched the first season, we watched them all in one day, uh, all, like, 10 or 12 episodes, whatever it was. But now we're, like, having to wait every Friday, and it's like we get that itch. But it's going to suck because – we're going to finish it when it's done, and then we're going to have to sit. Just like any other show, but it's like, damn it, just give me more. Give me all these episodes. Would you guys just quit screwing around and just go film an entire series of a show and like spend like a year straight doing it and then put it all out, and then we could just binge eight seasons of it in a row, and then I'll be done with it and move on to the next thing? That's just the way I want to consume it.
0: It sounds but intense. Would they still be able to make their money doing it that way?
4: I don't think so. I don't think, and and you have to have schedules lined. I'm just—that's me being selfish as a as a watcher. I just I I like being able to watch them all at once and knock it out and enjoy it. And I hate waiting. Like I'm sitting here waiting on Yellowstone to come back. We still don't have a freaking clue when that's coming, which would be awesome to know because that's the that's the best drama on television right now is Yellowstone. If you not watched that one, you should watch that one as well. On a Paramount Network. I mean, it's just, it's so good. Get Kevin that Costner Paramount Plus and, then? Now you see, no, like if you have cable, it's on the Paramount Network. Okay. On t- on TV, so, and and typically it's been back, like usually they would release it around Father's Day, and then this year they didn't because of, I think because of the, they wanted to wait for the Olympics to be over and they wanted to run into the Olympics, but now it's supposed to, like, they keep saying, coming, fall 2021. Well, like, let's go. Give me a date. It's August 15th. In a lot of places, fall starts next month. Not here, but in other places it does, so let me freaking know. Quit, Quit screwing with me and hurry up. I need my TV when I need it. It is Ryan
3: here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
4: That's that's my TV recap for the weekend. Other than I've wa- so I've watched a lot of soccer this weekend. I've watched I did we did watch one of the episodes of, of Yellowstone, and we watched the Texans last night, and then the Astros who won a baseball game and again looking for a sweep today in the three game series against the Los Angeles Angels. Then it's off to Kansas City for four against the Royals uh, this week before heading back home briefly, and. Um, The starting pitching so far in this series, Zach Grinke the other night, massive. Uh, Luis Garcia last night, good enough. Not great, not horrible. Uh, Got his ninth win of the season. Lance McCullers goes today. Good guy to have out there on the mound when you're looking for another victory. So hopefully he's able to bounce back because he had a rough one in his last start. But Garcia last night was five innings. Two runs, six hits, five strikeouts, three walks. I think when we're watching him right now. You know, they've talked about the the innings, which of course are a thing for a guy that had before this past before last season had never pitched above high A. And had never pitched more than a hundred innings in his career until this season. The walks a little bit more than we are used to seeing from Luis Garcia last night. I think that there's definitely a, a, a part of him that's kind of hitting that wall in the season, and now like you'd love to be able to find they only kept they kept him to 87 pitches last night. I think they're going to keep him in the 80s as much as possible on pitch counts. Um, you're hopeful that Jose Arquidi gets back here in early September at some point. Maybe they can skip a turn through the rotation for Garcia, just get him a little bit of time off. You'd love to have the built-in off days where you could, you know. Push your rotation to where that that would happen, but you just you don't have those available. Real quick, Dusty Baker last night on the uh, outing for Luis Garcia getting his ninth win of the season for the Stros.
1: Started off a little shaky, then he settled so down there. His his pitch count got up to where you know we were considering taking him out, but that was his game, and uh, you know that's how you kind of build a pitcher. I mean, you gotta you know, stick with him, especially with our offense that we have. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad he got the victory because, uh, you know, he certainly uh, deserved it and, and and earned it. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy for the young man because he's really contributed to this ball club.
4: He's definitely contributed, and you, you hear the important things there. You know, it, it's an era of baseball where we don't, push pitchers the way that we used to in the past it just it's just the truth of it they just they just don't do that um, and that's okay to an extent it's not great but it's okay the um, the club though needed him to to go out there and, and kind of get through it last night and he's done that all season long. And that's the kind of stuff that I think even if, look, if even if it's a team that you're playing in the Angels that's not great, to go out and do, to, to take care of it when you're not playing your best or not pitching your best is important. And that's what we saw last night from Luis Garcia yeah. and, and got through some situations, some sticky situations in the ball game that are, that are really good, and you hand it off to, Now, look, at that point, you had a nice, big, comfortable lead thanks to Jake Myers going out and hitting the grand slam. And, by the way, we have our new Jake, apparently. Jake that rakes. Sorry to Jake Marisnik, who's now a Padre, by the way. He'll see him, uh, what, in a couple of weeks when the Astros go out to San Diego. I don't even know if he's done anything since he's become a Padre, but he got traded by the uh, Cubs to the Padres just ahead of the deadline. Let's just see what Jake has done so far since he's been with the – San Diego Padres. He's got two hits. He's two for eighteen. Not very good. He's hit two twelve this year with five home runs. Still plays elite defense, but uh, just not very good overall. The um, the club though needs these kind of outings out of these starting pitchers. It's been the one thing that's been a little bit shaky as of late. It has been the starting rotation uh, in terms of their production at times and getting through stuff. That's just what they do. Uh, but they got they, they they're gonna they're gonna get back to pitching to what their numbers say they are, which is a really good starting staff. And last night and the last couple of starts has been a good sign towards all that. 713-212-5790 is our phone number to join us here on a clutch city sunday. We'll get back into some of the Texans and their preseason win last night, next. Hey guys, Lance Callers. Regular season. What a-
3: through postseason.
6: Shot, pop
3: the October happens here. Playing
6: in October.
3: Listen to the home of the Astros, Sports Talk 790.
4: You'll hear that, man. Well, you'll hopefully hear from him talking about a win. Lance McCullers on the mound today as the Astros look for the sweep of the Angels. Let's get to the phone, 713-212-5790. John is on the line. What's up, John?
6: Hey, Michael, good morning.
4: Good morning, John. How are you?
6: I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, uh, Jake Myers, man, uh, he's, 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 he's very interesting, man. Uh, I mean, th- this may just be one of those deals where a guy come up and, you know, and, and he had a really good night or a really good week. I don't know, but I did notice that, uh, you know, when he first came up, uh, every time he gets the ball, I mean, he has power. He's got that power, man. Uh, you know, I know he. Astros drafted him in the 2017, uh, so we're talking about four years. I think he's 25. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's late at all for you know for a ball player to uh, you know uh, to find himself where he can be really good. I'm not saying he will be, but uh, I find that still very very young. You mentioned something about I didn't have time to. Uh, uh, Google his stats and everything. You mentioned something about that. He had a, a, a really good season in AAA. Uh, his numbers were real good. And I understand that he was, he was drafted as a, 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 he was a pitcher and a hitter. If you don't mind, man, uh, uh, what's his stats uh, when he was pitching, man, in college? And uh, his, uh, you say he had a good season in A, man. Would you mind telling me uh, how good that was? And listen, have a good day and enjoy the games, okay?
4: Thank you, John. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I mean Myers was dra- they drafted him as an outfielder, but uh, he pitched he pitched uh, an inning in the third in 2018 for uh, high A ball for the Astros. Um, in college, he was good. He was, his last year, he was eight and two with a 3.42 ERA. So I mean, he was he was a pretty good pitcher, not great, but um, this season at AAA with the Skeeters, I mean, he was having a monster season. He was hitting 3.43 with 16 home runs and um 51 runs batted in so well above what his career numbers had been he was not a guy that hit for a lot of power now look he had a brief minor league career he had the end of 2018 when he got drafted had 2019 played 111 games hit nine home runs and only hit 249 between single a and low a i mean between high a and double a but obviously didn't play any baseball last year really tapped into, they shortened his swing, he, he was a, he sh- he worked on shortening his swing, he had a very long swing before, got that swing shortened, and you could see it, the, the power to the opposite field is there, I don't think he's going to be a 343 hitter at the big league level, uh, I'd bet a lot of money against that, but uh, if he can go out and play, uh, you know, similar to a level that he did uh, at AAA, and for the kind of power, he's got a chance to, to stick and last night was a good starting point uh for Jake Myers let's get to uh Will in Pasadena next here on a Clutch City Sunday hello Will hey how's it going uh yeah I was just curious I want to get your thoughts on what a uh Jordan Alvarez extension would look like you know we obviously we had the Bregman pre-arbitration extension it was like five years 100 million but we just saw Tatis reset the market so I was just kind of curious I mean I think we're all coming kind of coming to terms with the fact that Correa is going to be gone after this year so you know, I, I think now might be the time for us to try and look at one of those pre-arbitration extensions for Alvarez. And I was just kind of curious your thoughts on what that uh, what that might look like. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be expensive. How expensive? I don't know because he doesn't. You're signing Jordan to a long term deal. I don't think you're signing him with a thought process. Now, look, I, he's been way better in the outfield than I expected him to be this season. He's moved very well and I think he is probably underrated or you know, not, doesn't get enough credit for his ability in the outfield. He, he, he can play the outfield. But I think if you're signing Jordan Alvarez long-term, which, again, you don't have to do anything with him until I think it's after the 2024 season when he becomes a free agent, you would be probably giving him some, some decent money. Twenty-five a year, I'd be hopeful for for a guy that is probably um, probably always going to be just an outfit or just a DH. I'd have to go back and look at what David Ortiz is making all those years. I mean, look, the markets changed a lot since then, but for what Jordan's career will be, for the most part is again as a designated hitter. David Ortiz in his career, his best seasons in terms of money being made was like 15-16 million bucks. So, he's going to get more than that. I'd imagine he's a $20 million a year player. I mean, and if he hits more like the rookie Jordan over the next year, which again, this year he's been very good. Very good. It's not elite level season that he's had as a rookie, but it's close. He's going to get paid. Um, There's no rush to doing it now. And from a spending standpoint, (laughs) excuse me, I hit a dry spot. Hold on. I got to drink water in the middle. Oh, it happens. Live radio at at its finest. From the spending standpoint of the club, you know, you 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 could do it, but I'd rather go spend your money at the moment on Korea and other things and then worry about doing Jordan a couple of years later because you have that luxury. There's also the thought process of what do you do about the Kyle Tucker thing too. I mean, because look, here's when you, when you line up the numbers this year, Kyle Tucker has been just as good as Jordan Everest. And I know that seems like blasphemy, but it, it's just the truth. And then he plays a really good outfield as well. And the guy was a gold glove candidate last year, was one of the finalists. He's... Kyle Tucker has turned into a legit big league player. I mean, he's going to be an all-star at some point. I would I would bet on that in Kyle Tucker. But I think, you know, again, yeah, given the Correa situation, what you think of it, we all do expect that he'll be moving on somewhere else. And real quick, real, um, congratulations to Carlos Correa and his wife. They announced that they are going to be having a baby boy. So baby Correa is on the way. At um, some point, I think, what, in the offseason –
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Definitely, I wouldn't be mad one bit if they said, hey, let's, let's lock up Jordan, let's lock up Kyle Tucker, and let's not have that be a thing. Those are two of your key core pieces for this franchise moving forward. And it'd be better to get that done now than later. And, again, James Click comes from a, a franchise in Tampa Bay that also did like to try to do that with players, and they did do that with some players. Think about um, Evan Longoria is the one that sticks out the most there. They locked him up early before his arbitration was done, and they got those kind of things done. You're going to have to give up a little bit in terms of what you would typically pay these guys now. <laughs> and they'd be a risk I'd be willing to take. Period. Period. The first things first. Now, of course, is winning the division this season, going back to the postseason and um, trying to win this win this whole thing again because they they have a very very real chance to do that. They are one of the best teams in baseball, uh, and I still think that you could make the case that they are the best team in baseball. If you wanted to make that case, I would not argue with you a ton uh, because the talent is still there to be just that for them. Again, they go for the sweep today over the Angels. Um, and this is a team in the Angels team that they should be beating, and to their credit so far this season, they've done that. They've done that against the American League West this season. That's where they may always make their, make their, uh, make their way towards a division title. I'm just pulling up the records this season against the teams in the American League West and so far this season against the Angels. They're 8-3, and three. so this will be game 12. You'll still have Seven games against them before the end of the season, which will be great because you've hammered them already this season, and they're not very good. Their pitching still stinks. Um, against Seattle so far this season, they're six and four. Against Texas, they're nine and three, and of course against Oakland, who they'll get six of the last nine games. They're nine and four, which is going to be massive if they can win four more of their six games against Oakland. They're that's a guarantee to me that you're winning the division. period. and i based on the way that they play against them, i think that you have to expect that they go out and do something like that. cuz that's just typically what they do. they are Oakland's daddy. never going to get tired of saying that. hopefully that continues. 713-212-5790 is our number to join us. Final segment, we'll wrap things up next here on Clutch City Sunday. Clutch moments are not to be missed. To
5: Olajuwon, at the buzzer. Yeah!
4: Get Houston Rockets basketball.
5: This is Akim
2: Olajuwon, Sports Talk 790. You're home for Rocket basketball.
4: Sunday here on Sports Talk seven ninety Michael Connor back here with you for the final few minutes before we hand it off to Fox Sports Radio. The Astros on Deck show coming up later today at two o'clock. Chris Gordy will have you for that. As the Astros looking for the sweep of the three game series against the Angels. The there was a change. If you care at all, and a lot of you don't, that's okay. While while we're in the commercial break, we have a score on the board: Tottenham versus Man City. Tottenham's up 1-0, 59th minute of the game. So there you go. There's your Premier League update this morning here on a Sunday as that has returned this weekend. It's just a great time of year. I, I, I've i come to enjoy the Premier League a lot over the last few years. I don't watch as much of the other soccer leagues. I did turn it tune into the uh, PSG uh, opening ceremonies for their season yesterday just to see the reaction that they got for uh, Lionel Messi. Which was pretty darn cool. Um, still totally weird to not see him. He didn't play yesterday because he just signed, and a lot of their guys, Sergio Ramos, uh, among them, that they signed in the offseason. I mean, PSG got a bunch of these guys for almost nothing compared to what they should be getting them for. Um, they they didn't play, but it was it was a cool reception, and I I really have reached the point like the atmosphere, and it's cha- you you know I watched when we were sitting around not having sports last year and you know soccer was kind of one of the first sports to come back and i was watching it and 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 you really feel it the, the atmosphere is just so much different even through the tv <coughs> excuse me without fans in the stands and these this is on my bucket list i've been to london once that was in er tw- we were there for we were in paris for new year's and then so the, New Year's Day, we were in London, uh, 2020, but we didn't go to soccer game. Like that's, it's on my list to uh, to get over there and get into that atmosphere because it's a it's a cool feeling atmosphere. But the football atmosphere is going to be back in electric again this year. We're going to we're planning on it. We'll see for me if the scheduling works out. Of course, my lady went to Alabama, so we're planning on going up to College Station for a And M Alabama, like we do basically every single time that game is played there. Um, where Alabama will, of course, win again because they always beat Alabama, except for that, or beat beat A and M, except for that one year when Johnny Football went out and did his thing and uh, surprised the Crimson Tide and got a victory uh, over them. But um, it's just going to be nice to have the the electric atmosphere back in stadiums. We're seeing a lot of stadiums now. Now, look, I do not care to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, everybody's thought process on the vaccination stuff. A lot of stadiums are starting to, in, it, to put into place um, that they're going to require you to either have to show proof of a negative test or be vaccinated. I think that that's completely fine. There's clearly a spike of cases going on all over the place with the, the different variants or whatever. It's a, you're allowed to have a personal choice. I made the personal choice for me to be vaccinated. Um, because I wanted to, to have the peace of mind going in there. I trust that they would put something out that's going to you know keep us safe. Uh, I, I don't buy into conspiracy theories. I'm just not one of those people. Uh, I'm not going to listen to them either, and I'm not going to be lectured by anybody about it. It was a, a personal choice for me to, to feel a peace of mind. That's why I went and got it. I wouldn't go to a stadium if I didn't have it. Um, that Again, that's just me. But uh, hopefully, we're able to get through seasons, and we're seeing it to where we're able to keep these events going. And I wish that I personally, again, wish that we had people getting the vaccine just so we would be able to, you know, not go and have to worry about it as much when we're in these states. Because part of me, like, I've been to a few Astros games now this year where it's been pretty full, and there's a little bit of uneasiness at first still with it. But uh, the football game is going to be back and have that electric atmosphere, and I'm just I'm hopeful that we continue to have that all season. I expect that we will, um, but I'm just again hopeful that we do have that situation play out where we're we're in an atmosphere that's that's awesome and electric. Now it might not be that way when the Texans play this season, which again last night was a good building block overall of getting a victory against a bunch of backups for the Green Bay Packers. But they did some good things, whether it was Tyrod Taylor going 4 for 4 for 40 yards, driving the team down the field, not scoring a touchdown, but they did get points out of it. They did kick a lot of field goals. Hey, the Texans have one of the highest paid kickers in football. Uh, You want to see Kaimi Fairbairn not suck. Good news last night, 4 for 4. Davis Mills plays, has some good throws, has some throws where you're like, okay, he looks like a rookie. Um... But overall, I thought looked like he was in command of things and looked better than I expected. Uh, D- um, David Cully, I should say, is the, of course, head coach of your Texans. His thoughts, if you missed it, after the game last night on the quarterback play from Taylor and from Davis Mills. And I have to hit unmute to for you to hear it.
5: Yeah, I thought Tyrod managed the game well. The, the one series that he had Uh it I didn't feel like that we finished that drive. Uh, we had a third and two down there, and then we ended up having to kick the ball, which we, we, we can't get field goals down in that situation. We've got to have touchdowns in that particular situation. Other than not being able to get us a score there with a touchdown, I thought he did exactly what we wanted him to do during that series. Uh, Davis, uh, again, as I've said before, with him, something bad happens. He comes back. He's got that next play mentality. Uh, I think he held up very well uh, from the start to the finish uh, when he was in there. He did things that, that we were trying to get him to do. And uh, when things weren't right, the positive thing about him is is that he just comes back and those things don't bother him.
4: If there's one thing that I gathered on the negative side for Davis Mills last night, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, I feel like the accuracy on short throws was not good. And that's something that worries me because you have to be accurate on short throws as an NFL quarterback because those are your bailout type of situations. That's where you know, it's, it's, it's an extension almost of your running game now in this league today. And now look, the Texans have their idea that they're going to be better at running the football this season, but until I see it actually happen, I'm not going to believe it personally. You know, I, I don't think that they have – great personnel to run the football. I have honestly no clue why they kept David Johnson. I think that that was an absolute mistake and a waste of money. Um, I think that also Mark Ingram, other than being a veteran voice, he probably has more left in the tank than David Johnson at this point, but I don't, see the point of even a Mark Ingram. Philip Lindsay, 1,000% down with that signing, but there's always going to be the question with him because he's not a bigger guy. Can he be an every-down back type of player because of the lack of size? And he's you're going to have to always combo him with somebody else, but I think that, yeah, he probably should get the majority of the carries because he's clearly the most talented player of those guys that they have. But the short passing game, and again, this is all hinging on Davis Mills playing at some point this season, which we do. Ex- I'd be surprised if he didn't. Here's the unfortunate truth of Tyrod Taylor throughout his career as well. And look, last season was a freak thing, but he also has a history of injury. Like it, history tells you that at some point the dude is going to get um, he's going to get hurt and he's going to get knocked out, and you're going to have to go to the you're going to have to go to your backup at some point, which is Davis Mills to. Uh, to go out there and and take care of things and hopefully play at a high level. But the short accuracy throws last night just did not really exist. If you go back and watch a lot of them, the accuracy, he missed a lot of throws in those short situations, and that's something that would worry me. The other thing that stuck out from at least what David Culley said after the game, if you missed this, was the word consistency and the lack of it that he saw from his football team
5: well i, I didn't feel like the consistency was there that we're going to need to have to be what we need to be uh but that's why we have these games that's why we do what we do here now and i, I feel like that we, we've been this way all training camp you know when we, we've, we've had a lack of consistency at times and we had a lack of consistency at night at times but uh We'll, we'll go review the film tomorrow and look at it and correct those mistakes and keep trying to get better, which is what we've been trying to do
4: during training camp, and I've seen us do that. Now, look, I I, I don't love that quote. I'm not going to completely overreact to it because, again, it's – I think in part his team went out 126-7. You don't want guys to get too high off of a preseason game where there's a bunch of backups playing. That's just a fact, and part of that's being a coach – and keeping guys in check and not letting them get too far ahead of themselves. I completely get that. But if it's if it truly has been an issue in training camp that there's been a lack of consistency, then that's a problem. And I'm not gonna judge the David Collier until we get multiple games in this season and, and I shouldn't even say judge it completely, but have an idea of where it's going. But if they, as coaches, get, you know, however many games in the season, to eight, ten games in the season, they're still using that word, lack of consistency, then we'll have a serious problem as football fans in this city of watching them. Again, I don't think that we're going to – I would prefer us to sit back and watch football that we're really truly invested in the winning of it all season long. I don't have any any sort of expectation for myself personally that we're going to have that this year, that being them – um you know doing doing anything of consequence and um you know really being being a great football team but it's it would be nice to talk about good football that's that's just where i'm at i would prefer to just have something that's not putting your head up against the wall every single week because they've had a lot of that in the past. The good news is that Bill O'Brien's gone. I mean, I, hell, just having that alone is, is good enough. We got that last season, but uh, more of not having him in our lives is fine by me. That'll do it for us here on Clutch City Sunday. Thank, all, thank you to all of you that listened, that called Ryan in the studio making it happen. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., for the Sean Salisbury Show, recapping the weekend that was in Houston sports. Stroh's back in action this afternoon, 307 first pitch. You'll hear it here on 790. Chris Gordy will be with you for the On Deck Show starting at 2 o'clock to get you set for what will be an Astros sweep of the Angels. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Talk to you all tomorrow morning right here on Sports Talk 790.